Matthew chapter 18, if you will, please. Matthew 18 is a really uh, a, a great uh, a book. It's really about keeping the church together and about having love for the church in whatever facet we are invited to be in the church. In verse um, 1, at the same time, I'm not worried about what time it was, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily, I say unto thee, the word verily, by the way, means truly, I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, as my understanding of it is those verses here, they're saying who's greatest, and then he picks up about a child and says, you've got to become like a child. Kids don't want to be the greatest. Kids just want to have fun. Amen? Kids just want to have fun. And in the Lord, that's what we're told to do. Just enjoy your walk in the Lord. Don't try and be the greatest. There is no greatest amongst us. There's none greatest amongst us. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Uh, those who are younger amongst you, you're our brothers and you're our sisters and we're your brothers and sisters and so on. You're all akin to connected with each other because of the Holy Spirit. Verse 4, Whosoever there shall, shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. This little child was one who was obviously listening to the Lord. That's why he picked him out. That person is greatest in the kingdom. Whoever, you can't get any greatest because all those that do the same thing, they are the ones who the Lord is excited about. Whosoever shall receive uh, one such little child in my name receives me. It was he that is humble, the Lord rejoices with those people, whosoever shall receive, and if we receive the humble ones, then uh, it says here that... uh, uh, such a little child in my name receives me, then we can understand the Lord. You're actually receiving what the Lord wants us to have. Verse 6, Whosoever shall offend one of these little ones which believes in me, um, the word offend is a, come from the word scandalizo or something like that, which means to scandalize, to entrap, to trick, to entice one away. Whosoever shall trick or trap or affect to entice one of these little ones, and it's not necessarily just talking about children here. Of course, in the world, this is a big thing in the world at the moment, those adults who would entice and trick little children to come away with them and so on. It's a scandal. And those who would also rob the church of believers, it's a scandal. Amen. It's a scandal. I had one brother I was talking to before said he got a call from a guy that used to be with us and phoned him up and says, oh, I've got a new version about, about Acts chapter uh, 2 verse 38. I mean, how can you get a second version about that? Anyway, he wanted to defend himself and his brother said, we'll change the subject, which was a good thing. Um, we can't take people away from the Lord and what we do has to be there to encourage people in the things of the Lord. So we're talking positively here. It's easy to look at these verses and think, it's pretty negative, but it's not. It's actually really positive. Whosoever shall offend one of these little ones, which believes me, it's better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, that he should be crowned, that he should be drowned in the deep depth of the sea. So it's important for us not to try and take people away from the Lord, to do other things other than the Lord would want. It's important that we do that, and it's important that we are all seen as a body of Christ that makes us stand against those things. We must defend one another. Praise the Lord. Verse 7, Woe unto the world because of offences, 
for it must needs be that offences come, but woe uh, to that man by whom the offence comes. There are many people in the world who offend God and therefore because they create offences against people and against the Lord God, and that is the world. Uh, wherefore, if the hand or your foot offends you, cut them off and cast them from thee. I have a little thought about this. It's not necessarily talking about your your natural hand. It is. It's talking about the parts of your body. If they offend you, stop it. That's what it means. But if there's someone in the body of Christ who we might consider to be a hand or a foot or even an eye, and they offend, then we are to cut them off. It's pretty heavy, isn't it? The Lord says, I want my church to remain holy. I want my church to be pure in every way. Let's uh, whip over here now to verse um, 10. Take heed uh, that you despise not one of these little ones. That means the children and also the believers. It could be just new people just come to the Lord. For I say to you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. For the Son of Man is come to save the world which was lost, not to destroy the world which was lost. Jesus came with one purpose. He came to save the world. His love for his creation was so great, he recognised what we were really like and came to save us anyway. Uh, we have it here in verse 12. How think ye, if a man have a hundred sheep and one of them be gone astray, does he not leave the ninety and nine and goes to the mountains and seeks that which was gone astray? If so be that you find it, verily I say unto you, uh, he rejoices more uh, of that sheep than of the ninety and nine which were not astray. Didn't mean he, didn't, he stopped loving them. He still cared for them. But that moment of finding that person who had left the fellowship or gone astray, is left out in the world there, the moment of bringing that sheep back, what a great rejoicing. The others are already blessed because they're walking on with the Lord. And part of our job as brothers and sisters in Christ is to protect one another, to go out and look for and save those who are lost and not walking correctly. Even so, is it not the will of your Father which is in the heaven that one of these little ones should not perish? He doesn't want anyone to perish. Amen? doesn't want anyone to perish, so we do our best. Um, verse 15, Moreover, if your brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between him and thee and, uh, and him alone, and he, uh, if he shall hear thee, you have gained your brother. So that's leaving the body and going out to speak to that brother that offended you in whatever way it is. It might be that he's offered some other doctrine. Talk to him. Talk to her. Talk to the person. If he will not hear thee, uh, then take you one or two more, uh, that in the mouth of two or three witness every word be established. If you neglect to hear him, tell it to the church. Now let's remember, at this time, the church didn't exist. Jesus is speaking for the future. He's speaking for after the church had been established. In his day, he was talking to those called out ones, which is what the church means, those ecclesia, those called out ones. Take it to the called out ones. Take it to the people in the fellowship. Take it to those who are looking after things. If you neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as an heathen man and a publican. Now, it doesn't say hate the person. He says, try and understand that this person does not have a proper understanding of what Christian fellowship is. 
but you don't respond to them particularly as a brother or sister because they're not walking as a brother or sister. Once they've been told and they won't listen, they go their way, then, all right, they're out in the world. They're not part of the fellowship anymore. That's what he's saying here. They've chosen their way. Verse 18, Whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now this uh, word bound and loose shall be, it actually means already is. Read this again. Whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall already be bound in heaven. Whatsoever shall loose on earth shall already be loosed in heaven. The word amplified means to, uh, to, uh, sorry, the word bind means to uh, esteem in bonds or to keep in bonds. Um, and, or it can also mean to be valued. Uh, whatever you, it must be already God's will. So what he's saying is here, stick to the word of God. Whatever we decide to do, it's got to be in the word of God. What will we do with this person who's creating a difficulty? Go to the word of God and find out what to do. Don't make it up yourself. What should we do if there's a a challenge to the word of God? Go to the word of God. Find out what it says. It's exciting. It's God's word, not ours. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done of them of my Father which is in heaven. Why? Because they're walking in the Lord and they've gone to the word of God to see what it says. And if a person come and ask about something, let's stick to what the word of God says. And if you're doing what the word of God says, the Lord's going to do it for you. Praise the Lord. Where there are two or three gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. In the Greek, there I am in the midst. Right there. There's Jesus. I am. Jesus the great I am. I'm right with them because they're gathered together in my name. doesn't necessarily just mean in the name of the church. It means in what I'm renowned for, gathering together in what I'm famous for, my truth, my word, my Holy Ghost being given, my care. Verse 24, Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Now this is interesting because this is a, a saying, I guess, taken from Daniel chapter 9 when there's a thing called the uh, 490 approximately seven times seven weeks, 70 times seven weeks it talks about in Daniel. And it's the same number which is given here. And this is talking about the coming of the Messiah to save his people. Seventy weeks were determined from a particular date up until the coming of Jesus Christ. And this is the same sort of thought here. How often shall we forgive? Really, for us now, until Jesus comes. We've got to do what Jesus did. It was ordained that he would come to do away with sin. And so in our own minds, that's what we should be doing. We should be saying, I'm not going to hold anything against this person. I'm going to forgive. How often should we, should we forgive them? Until 70 times 7. You keep on forgiving. You keep on forgiving. Jesus kept on forgiving. The Lord kept on forgiving. From when the prophecy was given by Daniel until the time that Jesus Christ came. And then he, what did he do at the end of that time? He destroyed sin. Sin for Jesus existed no longer. And for a spirit-filled person, sin can be destroyed. In our lives, we don't have to follow it anymore. 
We don't have to live to the dictates of this world. We know what God wants now because we're filled with his spirit. The, the, the lines have been opened to us so we may know what God's word is. And so we are able to forgive one another and also forgive people out in the world. Because just like Jesus did, we can do the same. Praise the Lord. Therefore, is the kingdom of heaven like unto a certain king which would take account of his servants? And we know the story here. I won't go on uh, any longer. This one came uh, and he said, the, the king said to him, you know, you owe, you owe the equivalent of about four and a half million dollars. Okay. And the guy said, I can't pay. And the king forgave him. And then that guy went off and he found one of his servants who owned a lot less than that. It's actually 42,000, when you look at the figures, about 42,000 times less than that guy who'd just been forgiven owed. A lot of money less. And he wouldn't forgive the guy that owed him. And he says, I'm going to chuck you into the jail and so forth and so on. And then the king heard about it. He said, what are you doing? I forgave you all your sin. And sometimes I sit down and I think about what God has forgiven me of. It's huge. It's huge. And I believe we're all the same. I'll bet you there are many of us that have committed greater sins than, than others of us, etc. Some of us, the greatest sin we ever committed was getting cross at our mum or dad. But we didn't know the Lord, and that was the sin. But when the Lord was offered to us, we didn't sin. We responded to his word. He said, thank you, Lord, for whatever you've said. I want to do what you said. I don't want to be tricked by the teachings of this world. I want to find out what your word says. I want to match that up with what the world says. And then I'm going to say, God is right. Just like Taja was saying in his testimony, he realized he received the Holy Ghost. And when he got that healing over the bones and so on, he realized this was a healing from God. It wasn't him who did that. If we can realize that that spirit which we have received that is the testimony of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the testimony of Jesus Christ. So we all carry around with us every day the testimony of Jesus in us, and that is big enough to break every bond that this world can put upon us. All the people say, Amen. Praise the Lord.